beste ervaring. En nu, ladies en gentlemen, your attention, please. Big decisions have even bigger consequences in the world of marketing leadership, where data informs everything, second chances are rare, and ROI is no longer the only metric that matters. Please join us as we go inside the funnel. talking today about transformation and I think what we want to do is get back on track around the whole movie and celebrity crushes so yeah. if we think about if we think about that Jenna who who would really stand out for you as far as a transformed celebrity crush and why right right so I love I love this this is a great question now he doesn't make my official all-time crush list let's let me just set the stage he's not on the crush list but when we're talking about transformation John Krasinski, Jim from The Office, moving from floppy-haired, goofy Jim to Jack Ryan is a hell of a transformation. He doesn't even look like the same guy. And I'll admit, it's not a bad thing to look at. No, not terrible. Not terrible. Um, I'll get a little bit more prosaic. Uh, for me, I think, if, if we think about movie transformation, and, you know, all movies are about transformation. But if we think about movie transformation, for me, it's the David Cronenberg classic, The Fly. I mean, think about what it's got. It's got Jeff Goldblum, first Obviously. of all, with 80s hair. I mean, come on, what what else do you need more than that? Not much. Um, the laws of unintended consequences and some really, really cool 80s uh, special effects. He undergoes a transformation, that's for sure. Indeed. He certainly does. And, and probably not one that we want to publicize to uh, clients. Um, how about you, Dan? Oh, man. Great question. I went through a few different stages here. Initially, I was like Mrs. Doubtfire with Robin Williams. <laughs> That's a good one. About opportunistic but does he, does he adjustment really transform? Of, of self. Then I thought about Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder and decided to just leave that one alone completely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're <laughs> yes. not touching that For one. For a whole yeah, host of reasons. It. And I landed on um, Neo in The Matrix. Because I think when we think about that character and an evolution from he wasn't actually a different person, but because of his mind and his ability to think differently and optimize his existence in that digital space, he was able to really capitalize on those opportunities. And I think that was a really great and literal segue into what we're talking about. That today. is a very literal <laughs> segue. I do not know what John Krasinski has to do with digital transformation at all. And maybe <laughs> that apps. in and of itself defines the difference between you and I, Jenna. It very well may, Dan. Yeah. Or one of the many. Uh-huh. Welcome to Inside the Funnel with my friends uh, Jenna Watson and Dan Tamby. Today we are talking about digital transformation. Um, so let's start with a definition. Jenna, it's, it's, a, it's certainly a buzzword and a lot of people mm -hmm. understand it's a lot of different things. So how do you understand digital transformation? Yeah, so digital transformation is a thing and it is definitely not a thing. So I'll, I'll tell you what I think it is first and foremost. So When we're talking about digital transformation, we are talking about fundamentally changing how your business develops its plan and its processes and essentially its value to its end consumers, right? So it's interesting because digital transformation is omni-channel. Digital transformation keeps the customer at the center. 
But what digital transformation does is it means it literally uses technology, digital assets, those sorts of things to completely overhaul the business for the value of that business themselves, more revenue streams, different revenue streams, but for the way the customer interacts with them as well. So that's, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, I, I think that's really interesting, Jenna, because you you talked about the technology essentially enabling the transformation, whereas I think a lot of people understand digital transformation as being about the technology itself. And that is the second part. That is what digital transformation certainly is not. So digital transformation is not getting a new marketing stack and being like, woohoo, we have digitally transformed. It is not moving from you know, carbon paper to Excel. <laughs> it is not, those. that is not digital transformation. I think what happens is a lot of companies get this idea that they're going to digitally transform their business. And so they go out and buy a nice, a nice tech stack or, you know, mm-hmm. some, do, do more with their data, something like that. But that they totally put the cart before the horse because it's not the shiny new object. It is not the technology. It is the business outcomes and the changes for the consumer based on those business outcomes. So if you were to define it in, in areas, um, you know, people think about things like people in process, is, is mm-hmm. that it or, or is it beyond that? Are there, are there specific areas that it, it integrates and influences into? Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, I guess, <laughs> if you're going to digitally transform, you're trying to get really great customer experiences. So a lot of times digital transformation comes on the heels of seeing how customers are using the world differently, right? The last, last best experience, we talked about that last time. A lot of times that's the, the fodder or the, the thing that makes businesses be like, ah, we really need to do a transformation project here. It's to deliver really great customer experiences, first and foremost. It's always about the customer. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, and this, see how everything is just tied together, the stuff we talk about, guys? Because in the Omnichannel episode, we talked we about how you. That way. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> um, when we talked about in the Omnichannel that you really have to have alignment amongst your different business, kind of like groups, silos, teams, that kind of thing, this is based on what those outcomes are supposed to be. So at the beginning, I said, like, digital transformation means fundamentally changing the way your business works and the outcomes associated with that. So this, that second part, I suppose, would be what I would call internal alignment around mm-hmm. that. You, you're centered on the outcome that you're looking for. And then the last one is unifying data, looking at that customer set across these various data sources, having the technology there to enable you to deliver these good digital experiences based on the data that you have unified, singular customer profiles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it sounds a lot like what we've been talking about in our previous episodes, but it's still, if you hear the words, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> it is still always about designing and delivering really, really great customer experiences and then rallying your whole business around that mm-hmm. and changing the way you work so that you get those outcomes. So you've, you've highlighted those three areas, mm-hmm. um, great customer experiences, alignment of people and process mm-hmm. behind those intended outcomes, and then unifying data across uh, the enterprise, right? Yep. Um, let, let's talk about the considerations. Um, so because because those are those are big meaty subjects. Um, so Dan, maybe let's start with the data side of things. Um, 
what are the what are some considerations that need to um, need to be thought of and and addressed in unifying the data from across and beyond the enterprise? I mean, they're very similar to the unification of data requirements for a lot of the other topics that we've discussed on the podcast already. And in re-listening to those and considering some of the points we made about, um, you know, the interoperability of different systems and the signals of value that they pass to one another in order to support some business objective, um, you know, digital transformation is a an outcome of a lot of those things that we were talking about. So, um, I mean, classic examples I think of when I contemplate uh, the complexity of statements like this are, you know, large uh, companies. I remember anecdotally back in the day, you know, evaluating telco companies here in Canada and looking at the different players. And, you know, at the time, a company like Rogers was much larger than a company like TELUS, even though they're, I mean, they operate in different areas. Uh, and different geographies. Um, but it was interesting to me that TELUS had way more sophisticated and better digital experiences and better online services and the ability to replace a handset with self-service and all of these things that Rogers weren't even close to. And that's a function of how they became to be. I mean, TELUS was built you know, relatively uh, more recently had more opportunity to make better choices about how systems were integrated and how data was leveraged from one platform to another. And Rogers was a function of mass acquisitions of different systems and platforms. And now they've got this big mess of things that they had to try to bind together. And that whole idea of receiving digital invoicing or digital billing, it sounds trivial. But for Rogers to do that was at the time was just an overwhelming impossibility because of the complexity of their back end. And now, you know, fast forward and, you know, you, you and I have been lucky enough to work with some of the people there that were at the, at the you know, the front end of making a lot of this stuff happen is their digital experiences now are significantly better than they were. And that, kind, that came uh, after an extensive amount of work was done on integrating all of these data systems, you know, consolidation, shedding things that are unnecessary. Again, I don't want to restate everything we went through in the omni-channel conversation, but you probably don't need all the things you've got going on in the background. And if you can sort them out and solidify them down into the core group, then leveraging that data across the enterprise to service all of these different experiences is going to be a much easier thing to achieve and definitely contribute to that concept of transformation as Jenna described it. So if, if we think if we take a couple of these areas, um, and you talk a lot, Dan, about um, you know unifying data to achieve actionable insights. If we think about some of those insights mm-hmm. that um, we we would look to address through digital transformation, um, I've seen areas around you know, for example, growing an understanding of why our best customers love us, you know, and then growing an understanding of what causes customers to leave. Things as, as fundamental right. as that right. give you an opportunity to transform the experience that you build around them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's what businesses, it, it sounds crazy, but I think a lot of businesses don't know. They don't know why certain customers love them and others leave. <laughs> if that's not a sign that maybe you need to do some transformation, then I don't know what is, right? And I think 
the some of the other considerations just to kind of tack onto that is every brand has a story that they want to tell a customer but they also should take into consideration like <laughs> what is it our customers need and want from us that is going to allow us to most effectively tell that story that to me is the one question they should all ask themselves like a find out what they want and why they do like them when they come right so that they can adjust their processes, adjust the way they do business to deliver those experiences and still tell their brand story, right? Still make it a bit of a push message, but do it in a way that the customers are going to be like, oh, this is awesome. This meets my needs. So this seems fairly straightforward. What what in our experience prevents organizations from doing this? Uh, Jenna? So many things. <laughs> um, such things. Such things. Quite, quite things. Um, I think one of the biggest issues that prevents us from doing this is that internal alignment piece, that middle, that middle consideration, right? Making sure that everyone that works for a business has the exact same outcome as their end outcome as well. That means coming up to a higher level. That means coming up to the 30,000 foot level mm -hmm. for a lot of people, right? And having one overarching KPI. And that, to digital marketers, is a weird, weird thing to accept, right? Because we look way at, we're looking at marketing measurement, we're looking at optimi optimization metrics, but an entire business needs to have one overarching KPI, and they all need to be doing that. And that, I think, is where most of them get into trouble, because not only is there not alignment, there's no one to, well, police is a bad word, but there's nobody to police it. Right. And when people are buying new software and when people are looking at their data within this organization, who's sitting on top of that to make sure that they're doing it in this toward that same outcome and toward that and same goal? If I could build on that, how do you enroll people who are layers away from the type of transformation that we're talking about here? Like, with, you know, we're talking about this and this happened. I don't know, Nasser, maybe you can tell the story when we were out in Vancouver years ago running a transformation workshop which really became about marketing and customer experience but when we say digital transformation organizationally we had this conversation with this client in the room it means everything it means operationally it means automation and internal processes and enhanced efficiency um, things that customers might not directly ever see or touch but is going to benefit them in the long run in terms of accuracy uh, you know, readiness of information available from one system to another, which will have secondary and tertiary benefits that may not be as obvious as, you know, the disposition of a sales call being more positive than it might have otherwise been, right? So I think, and this is again, back to all of these topics we touched, they're so macro, and they're so overwhelming that it can be a little bit paralyzing to get your head around it. So I think in order to, to curry uh, support, it's saying, okay, if we're going to undertake digital transformation, what does that mean specifically for each of those different audiences internally within mm -hmm. a business? And don't just focus on one, right? Right. And, and I, think, I think a common theme that I've seen certainly uh, from my end is, um, and, and probably one of the biggest determinants in terms of whether or not digital transformation will actually happen and whether it'll stick mm -hmm. is leadership. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and this is the and we're talking about the leadership right at the top of the organization. I've I've lost count of the number of times that we've seen well-meaning people in a room who 
will sit there and tell you all of the issues and the reasons why this won't happen because of the way that their organization runs and the realization that this conversation is happening because of an abdication of leadership at the most senior levels. Um, I've seen, you know, we I, I can think of uh, one particular client who seems to, you know, have, have a cyclical process. Every six months, they bring in a new digital leader. Um, and then, you know, five months later, they're gone. Um, and and this has been going on for years. And, and it's it's indicative of a lack of leadership from the very top saying, no, no, the organization will change now. Um, and it does require a degree of um, uh, relentlessness. Uh, I mean, we've certainly seen that in, in our organization. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, if, if you're listening to this, hey, Norm. Um, so if we think about our, oh, our Norm. CEO, Norm. How did Norm, we get to episode four without doing a Norm shout out? That's a good question. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it doesn't feel right somehow. Right. But, but you know, th- think, about, think about this. I mean, to, to go from being, what, 12, 13 years ago, a, a, a regional Yellow Pages agency into a full service global digital agency mm-hmm. is – it's first of all nobody else in the industry has done it um but what did it take it took direction vision leadership from the very top to say this is what we're doing and everybody's coming along for the ride and if you're not going to come along for the ride then so be right it. and and uh, to build on that Nasser, we're still it's not done like sure what we do and not. who we do it for and how we do it has transformed like fundamentally and then again since then you could argue but behind the scenes and behind the curtain, we're constantly looking for ways to improve, you know, our own internal processes and sort of eat our own dog food, if you will, about, you know, that digital transformation mindset. How can we, you know, use the data that we have inside our own business to run our business even better? Right. Um, and right. so it's never really done. So let, let's get back to that idea of these three pillars um, that you were outlining earlier, Jenna. You know, the first pillar about uh, designing and delivering great customer experiences. Mm-hmm. The second pillar about aligning people and the business processes behind the intended outcomes. And the third pillar about unifying data from across and beyond the enterprise. In the first pillar about customer experiences, as technology is put in place to enable that, what are the what are the other enablers, whether they're technology or, or uh, strategic considerations that help drive those great customer experiences? I think, see, this one is super easy to think, oh, well, I just need like a, I need a, an experience management platform. Okay, I'm done. I'm digitally transformed. It's super <laughs> easy for a business to think that. But we need to be thinking about even all the different ways that you can support a customer or a potential customer. So multiple support channels, right? Giving them all these different options. And that might include for your business, a chatbot functionality. It might include something like that that you've never had before. We need to think about how the landscape is changing. So remember back when it was 2012 and it was the year of mobile. And then in 2016, it actually was the year of mobile. (laughs) And, um, Things like we've been hearing now since, you know, 2018 that it's now it's voice search and then it kind of sort of is a little bit voice search now. Right. But we need that one of those one of those key enablers is understanding where the industry and the way people use technology actually is. And thinking about 
okay, I can get my business to that state, but then what comes next, right? So those are the sorts of mindsets and the sorts of things you need to be thinking about, but there's also just like blocking and tackling. You've got to get your content right. It's got to be visible to, you know, search engines. You've got to have your SEO right. You've got to have audience technologies, DMPs, CDPs, that sort of thing. You've Mm -hmm. got to have that technology layer to be able to actually do the thing and deliver those experiences because otherwise you can have the best laid plans and and really good intentions, but if you don't have the mechanics behind that and you have not done the basics, it's all going to fall apart Mm -hmm. right there. So let's build on that and now think about that second pillar, um, which is really around people and business process. So, so as I think about these things, you know, you, you got to think about things like documentation, for example. So mm-hmm. process documentation and a centralized knowledge base. You need things like training, program development and, and workflow software tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a really, really important, maybe the most important thing is clarity on roles and ownership yep. and responsibilities with the associated KPIs and a complete reevaluation and rethinking of what those roles and KPIs need to be as we move mm-hmm. forward. So if we think about those as the first two pillars in the third pillar, Dan, in the unification of data what are the what are the different enablers in the data space that help drive this uh again i think understanding the landscape of key uh digital signals um i mean everyone talks about web analytics everyone does web analytics but how many people are really using web analytics to understand the influence on consumer behavior in a digitally transformed environment right and you know conversion rates and time on site and bounce rate but going deep 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 beyond that to look at primary and secondary signals um and how uh all of the different uh digital pillars that you've put in place or all of the different activations are influencing the intended behavioral outcomes that you're looking for um whether that's Again, back to my previous point, you know, a positive resolution to a support issue, that's a conversion of tremendous value in a digitally transformed space. And web analytics sits at the core of that. You see what's going on in the analytics space at the moment is crazy uh, with, you know, GA4 on, on the right now and looking at how they've changed, architecturally changed the analytics engine to be way more experience oriented than hit and visit oriented. Uh, it's just indicative of where everything is shifting. I think secondarily to that, quickly, you need to bring whatever you're doing to life for people in a perceptive way, not a cognitive way. So in a way that people go, man, look at that. A, the, a great line on a chart in a bright color that shows people that <laughs> the work you've done has had a meaningful impact on something because it's not straightforward and it's certainly not easy. Um, so, you know, business intelligence is a term that gets thrown around a lot, but true becoming intelligent about your business is rarely done with business intelligence exercises, right? So how can you, and we're, do, we're talking a lot internally at the moment about this distinction between perception and cognition and how do you understand how to invoke perception in people so that they have that feeling? You know, now so we talk left brain, right brain, stimulate that emotional response. Man, it was totally worth it. Look at that. It's exactly doing what we needed to do. Let's do more of it, right? So they're the, the big things for me. I mean, there's so many. Data is everything in a digitally connected environment. It's all about information and data so that you could talk about this endlessly. But I think behavioral web analytics, 
as a guiding light of what the heck is going on and then meaningful business intelligence and perceptive visualizations of the results. I was just thinking about the last time you uh, you instilled an emotion in me, uh, Dan, but I don't think it's it's uh, it's the type of positive outcome that you <laughs> wanted. Not, it wasn't a nice light not. on a chart the bright color. It, it may have been a positive <laughs> it was outcome. A bright color. It may have been a positive outcome for me, Nasser. You don't know what my intent was. So. <laughs> and I think just just to just to throw in the the thing that my team, a media team, really cares about and is is super on top of is privacy data controls, that kind of stuff too, right? Because if we're doing this right, then we have to have some of that baked into this as well. So you have to have your privacy policies, your trust issues. You've got to have your your framework laid out so people understand how this data is being used. Mm -hmm. There's my little plug for GDPR, CCPA, et al. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. So let's zoom out for, for a minute because we, we're, you know, we got a little in the weeds there for a second. Um, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about whether digital transformation is for everybody. So here's the context I'm getting at, um, because it's, it's really about the outcomes. Um, if your expectation and intention is towards incrementality, so I, I want to keep doing what I'm doing, maybe do some extra things and increase my revenue by 1%. Is this the right thing for you to do? And is this mm -hmm. how you should be thinking? Mm -hmm. So why, why don't we start with you, Dan? Yeah, I think that's a good, like the word transformative. It's a big word, right? The transformers, is, right? They weren't called the incrementors, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They, actually, the incrementors uh, were an early version, but they were super lame. Super lame. <laughs> it was a spinoff. It didn't right. last very long, yeah. the cartoon version. Yeah. The car goes from a, a car with a closed door to a car with an open door, right? <laughs> Look at that, incremental change. No, um, we were at a conference uh, a couple of years ago and uh, a, a brilliant guy that we got to know well at the conference uh, named uh, Fernando Maria, I got up and uh, and said something that we've referred to frequently about um, you know his world in digital leadership and business and analytics specifically. And, you know, and he's this guy in charge of, you know, multi-billion dollar projects. And um, and he said, you know, nine times out of ten, I'll give my money to the, the guy that's got the crazy idea that comes in with the ridiculous benchmarks or the overstated objectives. Because if he's only half right, we're still going to, you know, kick some butt versus the people that come in with these. Oh, you know, we can move this number by five percent and this number by eight percent and somewhere in between those two extremes is like a legitimate outcome that's gonna that's gonna come forward but this you know having an innate um transformative approach to what you're doing uh is critical to to getting any of this stuff done and really seeking something that is fundamentally different uh as a result as opposed to your anecdote for being, you know, just slightly better or marginal improvement. Um, so yeah, that's unless again. you're a unless you're a bajillion -dee, kajillion -dee dollar company and one percent means extra bajillion -dees, then it might be worth it. <laughs> well, well, no, but but hold on a second. Um, so what what is the perfect example of that? And I'll ask you to speak to to the the flip side of this, Jenna. But Blockbuster, Blockbuster mm -hmm. was the bajillion -dee. Sure. 
company and and look what happened to them and why did it happen well they got their lunch eaten by smarter faster better stronger companies like netflix right um so i think they 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 tried too late they tried too little so yeah they were probably real happy with their fat stacks of cash they thought that they had cornered the market and they weren't able to see around the corner that's the problem they Mm -hmm. saw where they sat today and they're like "Ooh, if we could just make this one percent better that would be awesome but they didn't see the race car coming around the corner right. head and, on at them. And that speaks to the similarity between, you know, digital transformation saying, here's what we do as a business, but we can do it better and we can provide it better and we can be more efficient and more profitable and more effective through using digital tools and mechanisms to enhance it. And pivoting what we do as a business and fundamentally how it gets delivered as a consequence of digital are similar becomes kind of different things, right? And it's important, I think, to understand which one you're addressing when you're having those conversations. So let, let's pick up on that because I, I think that there's there's a couple of really interesting angles to take here. So if we think about the the latter example that you talked about there, Dan, around you know fundament, going in a fundamentally different direction as an organization, I'm, I'm always fascinated by you know these uh, these gigantic Japanese conglomerates where you know you might know them as a provider of B2B business process enablement software or what have you but you go back far enough and they were they started building la- you know lawnmowers <laughs> did you know um, that Hitachi <laughs> build propellers for freight ships did you know that because they right. <laughs> right. So so I, I find that fascinating. And when you apply that to to what's happening to a lot of organizations today, where, you know, technology companies are becoming, in effect, automotive companies. Right. And, and they're seeing the car as the cockpit to a digital connected lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got Apple and Microsoft now getting into the automotive game. I, I find that a fascinating leap, but it doesn't quite have to be that that gigantic leap into a totally different space or industry or the application of, of what the organization does. It could be as straightforward as um, the development into other parts of your own industry. So I, I think, Jenna, you, you mentioned Netflix earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, or as the race car, but but the fascinating thing about Netflix is it it didn't just start out as as a digital organization. It transformed with as a digital organization multiple times. Yeah, I mean, think about how it started. First off, you could actually still get physical DVDs in the mail. <laughs> like I think people forget that little. Right. That was that mm-hmm. was how it actually started as the thing that ate Blockbuster's lunch. Right. Ooh, I don't right. have to go into this dirty dark dusty blockbuster i can get them shipped to me through you know going on the website probably not even app at that time but then they shifted into the you know digital streaming content delivery online i think i don't know i don't i'm not friends with the ceo of block of 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 netflix but i think if you asked the leadership there who are you today they would say we are a content creation company right Right? so they are still delivering the same product Mm-hmm. to the customer they have just completely re-envisioned how that works from sh- mailing dvds to having streaming content to now creating that content and having much more ownership over that entire process right. and but fundamentally they they're, they're still the same company successful. fundamentally they, right yeah, yeah. fundamentally yeah. they are still delivering movies and shows to yeah. customers well another great example if we did a word association exercise uh in 
you know, the year 2000 and you said Microsoft, people would probably say Windows. And if you did it today and you said Microsoft, more people would probably say Azure because of their cloud Cl- services. Cloud offering, computing, yeah. Right? Uh-huh, yeah. And again, they're delivering operating system and computational capability, but they're delivering it in a fundamentally different way through a fundamentally different monetization model and experiencing tremendous growth and success as a result of that. You know, uh, So I think that's another really good example. I'm taking away that you believe that there's fundamental changes that are happening here, uh, Dan, and, and that they're fundamental Is that right? in nature. Yeah, well, you're fundamental. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hold on, let correct. me turn on my Clippy the Clipart um, helper icon from mm-hmm. Microsoft Windows and see what it thinks about the word fundamental. We need, Dave, we need, we need our friend Dave Jowett if we're going to say fundamental. <laughs> correct. Fundamental. That's right. So... <laughs> so I, I think what makes this a, and and I can certainly hear the enthusiasm in, in this conversation, but but I think what makes it uh, an exciting subject is because transformation is is it's the classic story arc, and at the heart of it, uh, of any of these story arcs, as as friends become enemies and enemies become friends, <laughs> yes. or richer for the experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. At, at at the heart of it, it's about uncovering what what makes that person or what makes that organization truly unique and the value that they the the values that they stand on, um, and then the application of it using digital enablement and technology into new markets, new customers, uh, new ways of doing business. Um, so I, I think, you know, we, we can kind of round out today uh, just a housekeeping note. Um, so we have our new Rewind um, blog series where we summarize the main takeaways uh, from this. A quick three-minute read each month. We will be dropping into the next one, uh, this framework that we've been alluding to during the conversation here as a visual guide that you can use. Um, but I wanted to say thank you to my colleagues, uh, Jenna, Thank you to Dan. Thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in to Inside the Funnel, and we will see you next month. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Inside the Funnel with Jenna Watson, Dan Tembe, and Nasser Saloul. Until next time, don't forget to like, subscribe, and connect with the AC wherever you see us online.